Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru. I'm your host, Eric McCroskey, and today I'm very excited to have with me Candace Carnahan. Uh, she's a health and safety motivational speaker and advocate for health and safety based out of uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Candace, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. Happy to be here. So tell me a little bit about your story and, and what drove your passion for safety uh, and to become this, this motivational speaker that speaks to a lot of global companies. Well, my story starts almost two decades ago. Um, I was working at a paper mill in, um, I'm actually from a place called Miramichi, New Brunswick. Um, and the paper mill was the bread and butter of the, of the community, I guess right. you could say. And I knew as a, a, a child of a parent that worked there, my mother, um, that I would be employed there. And so I did a summer, uh, internship, I guess you would say, labor mm -hmm. work. And um, this would have been in 1997 that I started. So uh, maybe needless to say, but I'll say it anyway, <laughs> the safety training uh, was not really uh, high on my radar. And right. it wasn't really something that we were talking about in school. Training was um, looked upon as something that was a bit of a pain in the butt and overkill. Again, when you work at a place where your folks mm -hmm. work at, you don't really think that you're being invited into the pits of danger. Right. Um, I, I uh, on my third summer, stepped over top of a conveyor belt system. I had been using that method of uh, crossing from one point in the mill to the other for three full mm -hmm. years, uh, basically watching other people do it and following their examples, um, not thinking uh, for myself and, and really, you know, making the choice to take a shortcut, not right. uh, considering the consequences. And on August 11th, I put my foot down at the wrong place at exactly the wrong time. Uh, the margin margin of, uh, you know, the, the, the chances of getting caught were so slim, but I did. And oh, my yeah. foot, uh, yeah, my foot went into the uh, rollers where the belt converged, yeah. the point, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I was stuck there for almost a half an hour. Um, wow. Yeah, you know, stuck there while they called the ambulance. And they basically had to disassemble the system, the maintenance crew, yeah, to, to, to free me and, and, and get me out. So it was um, traumatic, to say the least. And it's 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 uh, really unfortunate, and I think it's it's too often I hear that story of somebody new to the role coming in, and then something critical happens. And I think what what you talk about is really the importance of uh, caring, having the courage to care, to make a difference. Uh, the, the onboarding training, talking about safety, like you said, it's not something that most people grow up in school thinking about safety. It's just uh, it's not embedded in what how we think for for most people. Tell me a little bit about the courage to care and, and what that means and, and how it could have made a difference. Well, I think that after um, I, I saw the impact that my incident had on the fellows I worked with, you know, and it was a predominantly male industry um, and, and a, a great group of people. Mm -hmm. 
I think what people don't realize sometimes is what a measure of strength can can look like is actually speaking up and saying, be careful and not, you know, moving along with this, let let anything go. Shortcuts are cool. Um, You know, the mentality that unfortunately is still very much alive and well in a lot of industries. Um, It takes courage to speak up and to tell somebody, I don't want you to get hurt. I know everybody's doing something this way, but you know what? This way is safer or that way is safer. So there was a lot of uh, guilt and feelings of, um, you know, why didn't I say something? I should have spoken up. Yeah. um, With the people I worked with. And in seeing that, it made me realize that sharing my story so that not only me and my family um, and my friends didn't have to go through something like this ever again, that also the people that I worked with who were, were significantly affected didn't have to to go through it and had the tools and the understanding of how they could prevent it. I think that's a really important point is uh, two two things is I, too often I hear people just they see something that doesn't feel right, uh, but they don't necessarily say something because they're afraid about how do I say this correctly? What's going to be the impact if I do it? Um, but the impact from what I remember when we spoke uh, a little while back was was even all the way down to the first responders in terms of how they respond and the impact on them. That's right. I'm happy you reminded me of that part of the story. Yeah, uh, the the gentleman, his name was Dale. He wouldn't mind me saying that. He was my first responder and, and rescued me. Um, and it wasn't until years later, I mean, 15, 16 years later, that I ran into him on the river fishing, as people do in Mary <laughs> <laughs> And he shared with me that he was off work, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, and largely in part due to um, my my experience and my incident. And so, yeah, you know, here I am, living my life and have no idea that what, what that step, you know, impacted somebody else for so many years so greatly. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's really the, the power of, of telling stories, sharing those stories, um, sharing a lot of ideas around how do you convey it? Because what I've seen in many cases is, is a bit like you describe other people then start feeling guilt because they start thinking, I could have said something, I should have said something, uh, and not truly necessarily realizing what's the risk in front. And, and different people have different understanding of risks and hazards. Uh, I, I know the first day, if, I, if I'd gone straight from school to, to working in a plant like that, I wouldn't have known what, what is danger and, and where, what I need to do to, to protect myself. Well, you know, people say all the time, if you, what you don't know can't hurt you. And it drives me nuts because I didn't didn't know I could get hurt. I didn't know. I didn't. The first step in not getting hurt is truly recognizing that you can be. You know, if it can happen to somebody else, it could happen to you. And, you know, something you said earlier, uh, just a moment ago about, you know, if if I had known better and, and the people that I worked with, they did know better. They just became mm-hmm. complacent and got used to taking that shortcut. And the more you get away with doing something, it reinforces that you'll get away with doing that something again until you don't. So I right. always say to people, you know, if you know better, do better. Absolutely. And, and I think this, I remember I started out in the airline industry, uh, an industry that's known for, for its understanding of safety, the recognizing the importance of safety and so many amazing disciplines around safety. But I remember from initial training, some of the elements of what you got trained and we got drilled in safety over and over and over for weeks uh, before even having access to anything remotely close to a plane. That's good to know. Um, 
But once you start going to do it, yeah, it is good to know. Weeks and weeks of training, and you didn't circumvent. You had to show you understood it. Probably no industry I've ever seen, other than maybe nuclear, puts so much emphasis in in really training and investing and understanding what that risk and the hazards are. But even then, you'd go on the line and you start seeing people being slightly more complacent, um, and and that becomes dangerous because if 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 you have a little bit of complacency here and there, that's where big hazard starts happening. Listen, I could jump right in there. I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. um, as somebody who's constantly flying to get to work on a weekly, daily basis, what really drives me nuts, um, and I can't wait to get back on a plane to be driven nuts <laughs> by it again soon, um, but what really drives me nuts is when, when you're on the plane and they're asking for a couple of minutes of your time. Right. Right. You listen. So it's not even the employees in the workforce. It's the passengers. Oh, for sure. You know, could could we have a few minutes of your time to let you know what the safety procedures are? And I'm sitting beside somebody on the inside. I'm on the inside. I like the window and they're on their phone. And I will say, excuse me. And I do politely. Would you mind paying attention? And I had a fella look at me one day and he says, my East Coast is coming out. The fella, he says to me, uh, (laughs) you know, well, what do you think the chances are? that something's going to happen. And he right. was really, really just joking with me, you know, and I looked at him and I said, well, I don't know, but they're not none, are they? And he said, I guess <laughs> you're right. You know, so I mean, again, it's it's that mentality of it's not going to happen to me is just right. alive and well in all facets of our life. And it's if you're looking for it, as I typically do, and you would also as the safety guru, you mm. see it, you know, right. and it's like this, this, People can say, oh, I realize I'm not invincible yet. You know, as we always say, our actions speak louder than our words. So Mm -hmm. if you're actually disregarding safety instruction and rules and regulations in any environment, then you're kind of contradicting yourself as far as I'm concerned, right? Because you're you're saying, I I actually I am above this and and, and this isn't going to hurt me. So, so when you talked about that, you, you, you see something and you say something. Um, okay. It's something that you bring up a lot of your conversations. Uh, I've certainly had the same conversation with, with a fellow passenger on a plane uh, uh, who's doing something that's highly unsafe. Some, once it was a person who started taking out their entire laptop just as soon as the, the flight ends had done the safety checks. And I called him on it very gently uh, and highlighted the risk around why the laptop was gone. They were obviously had done it as soon as the, the flight ended had safety, taken the safety checks, but it didn't result particularly well. It resulted in about an hour and a half long flight of the guy grumbling and complaining and moaning about me uh, for the for, for the duration of the flight until until we arrived at, at the destination, but he did comply. Uh, so you you talk about this theme of saying something, uh, something sometimes it goes well. I've had uh, an executive sometimes tell me what it was one case he he was correcting a team member uh, who was doing something very unsafe, working on a ladder uh, off center, drilling into the ceiling uh, with no eye protection, stuff flying into his eyes, try to get that person to stop. Um, and he had said three times, it's not always easy. Um, so tell me a little bit about what your experience has been around sharing stories, obviously saying something um, and, and driving the right outcome. Oh, you know, I, so two of my, you know, I, things I, I often say, I cheer if you see something, say something with my audiences. And I believe that sharing stories saves lives. And so those those two go hand in hand. So oftentimes clients and people I'm working with will say to me, how do I, 
how do I approach somebody and tell them yes or no, do it this way or that, mm. you know, and, and that's when I say, okay, that's, that's seeing something and saying something, but it's also great to share a story and make it personal. Yeah. You know, it's hard to argue with somebody who's saying to you, I care about you. I don't even know you, mm -hmm. but I care about your family. I care about the yeah. effect you have on the environment here. I care about, you know, um, seeing that you get home safe. And I also care about myself. I, and, and not having to live with the fact that I should have spoken up when I saw you do something that wasn't safe, but I didn't, you know, so there's right. a number of ways I think that we can approach situations and you know what, they will not always be accepted with grace. Um, but I yep. think that, you know, <laughs> that the, the more people, the more often, um, approach the topic of safety, um, and step away from rules and regulations and because I said so and approach it with because I, I care, um, mm -hmm. you know, th there's a much better chance, a greater chance at success because people have a bit of a, a harder time uh, uh, arguing with that. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you get somebody to overcome that question mark that they say something that you, you need, you see something, there's a lot of people that, that sometimes will say, hmm, but maybe nothing wrong will will happen out of it. How do you help people get to the realization of I need to be comfortable saying saying something almost all the time? Well, or all the yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. And I think that what you you just nailed it there, Eric. Um, as soon as you're saying hmm, there, say something. Like that's the sign, right. you know, don't, don't even second guess at all because your gut instinct, which in my mind is the most important piece of PPE you have to work with. That's your gut instinct. Mm -hmm. So as soon as your gut instinct is causing you to have that feeling, that means action is required almost always. So I think also that people, when they're, you know, the question is, is maybe it's none of my business. That's what I hear, right? Someone told me it wasn't my business or I'm thinking maybe that's not my business. And I always say when it comes to safety, make it your business. When it comes to safety, it's everybody's business. And again, you know, it goes back to the fallout of who's affected by a workplace injury. Nobody goes to work alone and nobody gets hurt alone. Um, so it is your right. It is your responsibility. And hey, look at it as an opportunity in addition to an obligation to have the courage to care, to speak up, see something, say something, do the right thing. You know, if you know better, do better. There's so many ways that you can put it. Um, uh, and once I got start talking about safety, I just get so, super jazzed up. Um, safety nerd. Uh, but there's so many ways that you can, that you can, you know, that you can frame it. But the bottom line is, is that you don't want somebody not going home to their family. The people that you're really going to work for are the people who are waiting for you at the dinner table, not the company that pays your check, you know? Um, and I think that that's what we also have to keep in mind when we're actually, even ourselves, um, challenging ourselves to take risks that nobody else is asking us to take. You know, we're, we, we're not advocating for ourselves often enough. We should be having that conversation. Well, what's it worth to me? What's the risk? Who's going to pay the price when we're thinking about taking that shortcut or uh, not not bothering with that third step in the safety procedure? You're not going to get a raise for that. You're not going to get a pat on the back unless you're working for a company that I've never met before, um, you know? And at the end of the day, you've got absolutely nothing to gain and everything to lose, as does your family. 
And, and I think that as individuals, we need to keep that in mind. I always go back to my incident. I mean, I've, I've, I did mention the other people who set the example. Sure. But fault and blame aren't words I use. They're not proactive. I use responsibility. Yes, it was the other people's responsibility to set a great example, a good example, a safe example. It was my responsibility also to think about what I was doing and to consider the risks in my actions. You know, so pointing fingers and placing blame doesn't bring back a loved one and it doesn't make limbs grow back. So taking responsibility and being proactive is, um, you know, the state that I like to operate from. And I think the leaders have a huge ability to influence that uh, because they, they can create the environment where people are comfortable talking about it. They can reinforce the right behaviors. They can reinforce that somebody stopped work because they felt something didn't feel right. Um, and, and a really reinforce that challenging attitude day in and day out. So I think a lot of that, in my opinion, rests on how the leaders show up and how they create the environment and the culture for, for the right behaviors to happen on a peer, peer, peer basis. Absolutely. You know, and I see it with people and the companies I work with every day. Um, those those that are um, demanding that people shut down massive operations, right. um, you know, in the name of safety and, 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 and actually exercising that right to refuse. And then, um, you know, ExxonMobil, uh, for example, is a company that I worked with here on the East Coast off Sable on the oil and gas rig. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there's a, there, there can be great expense to shutting things sure. down, of course, right? But, you know, companies that put the priorities and the safety and the, the well-being of their of their workforce first, um, that's, where, that's where you want to go. That's who you want to work with. And at the end of the day, also, what I think is, you know, so admirable and such, such a great example is when these organizations actually take those stories Mm -hmm. and those situations and make sure that globally they are diffused and shared at all levels so that you know an example is being set by that throughout the whole entire world within the organization i mean the power in that is i mean i don't have the words but but it's it's really key I, i remember way way back early on in my career again in the airline industry there was one decision probably my first first couple of, of months, maybe first year in, in the role. Uh, so it was very, very green. And I stopped work. And in this particular case, canceled part of the operation, which is specific flights for uh, what seemed to be a very a, a real hazard, ended up not being an, a real hazard. Uh, the cost mm-hmm. of the business was somewhere between a million, a million and a half of that one decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't get fired. I got promoted, not the next day, but I got promoted. It was recognized as the right choice, the right thing to do. And that speaks uh, huge amounts if somebody's willing to take a cost in the millions uh, because it's the right thing to do. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about, you know, and, and then the more people who share those stories and the more confidence is gained. I mean, you know, I believe that we, we should be aiming towards a, you know, a, a fatality-free workforce. Um, obviously, you can't just say it's okay to hurt one person. Who wants to put their hand up for that to be the, their loved one? No one, sure. right? Um, and so that those are the measures and those are the lengths that um, leaders and organizations need to go to. Um, and then, of course, the trickle down then is is that the smaller organizations see, hey, you know, that works. That's getting people home. Yep. And while these 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 decisions might cost millions, as you know, um, what really costs 
millions and millions, if we're talking money, forget the emotional mm. impact is injury. For sure. Right. I mean, so I think that always, always looking at anything that you do with regard to health and safety, whether it's shutting it down, um, you know, having speakers, new safety programs, uh, new PPE, whatever it is that you're doing, you always have to look at it as an investment and not an ex- not as an expense. hundred uh, percent. So I, I want to close off with uh, some some thoughts. You, you've displayed huge resilience through the experiences you've had. Uh, we're now in pretty challenging times, obviously with COVID and uh, resurgence of it uh, at the time of, of recording this episode uh, worldwide. What are some of the insights that you can share around resilience through through challenging times, like what we're going through right now? Well, I've been thinking a lot about it. Um, and I, 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 like, I think back to losing my leg, mm-hmm. right? I think back to um, actually finding out that the foot would not be saved and I would lose my leg before below the knee, right. uh, which I don't think I even mentioned in the beginning that, that that's what the, the end result was. And having to figure out, can I wear high heels again? How am I going to dance? You know, life is going to throw us insane curveballs. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we're dealing with something like the pandemic right now, I'm grateful, you know, for the challenges I've had in the past. And I'm grateful that I have the ability to recognize those challenges as gifts because it allows you the capability and the resilience and the strength to tackle the next challenge and the next um situation that's, you know, adverse to what you had hoped for it to be. Um, I've basically, you know, this year had to, as many have, had to recreate mm-hmm. my career, you know? <laughs> um, and I think also, um, you know, uh, and I'm not talking about it in a religious uh, way at all, but faith, mm-hmm. you know, faith that people are doing the right thing um, uh, moving forward is something that I draw on and, and taking everything as I did after I had gotten hurt, literally step by step, literally one day at a time, because if you look too far in advance, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. And I think that when we're talking about safety, if a company has, you know, X amount or amount of injuries and X amount of fatalities, sure. Having those go down to zero would be the ultimate goal, but it's also really important to just bite off a new piece every day. Do one thing safer today. Right. Don't worry about changing your entire safety program and replacing every piece of safety equipment yeah. that you have for something bigger, better, newer. You know, chances are great if we're using our gut and our brain and our heart, thinking about the people at home, actually taking the knowledge that we have and putting it to good work and and trusting our instincts. Um, you know, we've got the tools we need to make the safer decisions each and every day, whether that be taking a second glance around your car, making sure that the snow is off the top if you live in a place where there's snow, (laughs) which I do. You know, there's so many little things that we can do to make moving forward and being better manageable. And every time you see the payoff with these little decisions, you don't even realize it, but all of a sudden here you've got a big result, Right. you know? Absolutely. Uh, so, so Candice, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your insights. Um, you, you've you've had a, an incredible story, but you're fighting an incredibly good fight, uh, and I appreciate what you're doing in that front. Uh, it, it, you speak to a lot of organizations about safety and and mm-hmm. uh, speaking up. If somebody is interested in having you speak at their at, at their leadership teams or with their with their frontline team members, uh, how can they get in touch with you? 
Oh, they can just look me up, Candice Carnahan, um, dot com is my website. Um, I always say you could just put Candace with one leg in and I will pop right up there if you can't spell my last name. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making the moves to do things now virtually um, and, and online streaming, of course, when it's safe, still traveling in person and looking forward to getting back to that. So I really hope, um, you know, I think a lot of people now have gotten used to the fact, um, maybe getting or, are more comfortable with the notion that we have to go ahead and talk about things other than the pandemic. Right. All the things that were still uh, an issue and still needed to be focused on before this happened still exist. And I think in 2021, we're realizing now we can actually stay connected. Like, look at us. You know, we don't need to be in person um, when we can't be, but we can still impact each other. We can still share stories um, and, and, you know, make the world a better, safer place to be in. Excellent. Well, thank you, Candice. Thank you so much, Eric. This has been great. Tell everyone. Thank you for listening to the Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy, distinguish yourself from the pack, grow your success, capture the hearts and minds of your teams, fuel your future. Come back in two weeks for the next episode or listen to our sister show with the Ops Guru, Eric McCroskey.